so welcome back to the podcast after pretty long time but yeah today we have with us chris loera he is an american bar athlete and a calisthenics expert this man is one of the most inspiring person that i have interacted with he was an ex gang member uh, his first family he had troubles of all sorts be it drug or alcohol abuse he went to prison at a very young age but you know he wanted to denounce his life in crime and wanted to pursue a career in fitness and yes he became the world calisthenics master trainer in today's podcast we discuss about his life stories he shares some of his uh, incidents when he was back in prison and this is a very interesting and inspiring podcast so plug in your headphones sit back and enjoy the podcast how would you introduce chris started strength lura to the world well my name is chris lura and i am known a little bit more as tad strength due to social media platforms instagram facebook and youtube things like this um i am an ex gang member ex felon that has done multiple years in prison and now i am the three time middleweight world champion of calisthenics in the battle of the bars wco world calisthenics organization and it's been one heck of a journey and the reason why i'm here today is cuz support of that my mother gave to me and i'm just trying to share my story so that maybe it's possible that anybody can avoid some of the pitfalls that i've hit and avoid some pain that i still carry you know chris we were actually reading up on your life and i had this thought that if you ever get to meet your 11 year old self you know he's looking back at you and he wants to know how the world works he wants to know how to do things in life so what are you going to tell him um if i met my 11 year old self and this is myself right this is the 11 year old me and knowing myself um I had, I had I had a lot of people that were that loved me that came into my life and tried to give me some advice said that I was on the wrong path and where I was going and I didn't I didn't listen to anything you know I thought I knew everything I thought I was at 11 years old I you know oh my god I don't I don't need any advice I'm I'm walking my path and If I was to be able to talk to my 11-year-old self, I would tell him that there's a lot of pain ahead of you. And you're going to hurt. You know, you can change it. But everything that you listen to, everything that you hear from the people that that love you, it's not worthwhile to you right now. And in due time, you're going to understand that all this advice could have saved you pain. now you sit with the pain and you're going to continue to grow the pain so i would just tell myself that what he is in store for what he is what holds ahead of him and hopefully he'll take that into a different way because at 11 years old 12 years old i heard so many things so many about how to change my life and that i should change my life and none of it actually touched me 
So maybe if I told myself that about the pain that lies ahead, then maybe that could touch me a little differently. You know, uh, from whatever I've gathered through all your interviews and your, you know, all about your life, uh, have you have you ever felt that it was this deep and dark abyss that you were into at one point of your life? Uh, did it help you to scale the heights of achievements that you have in your life right now? The things that I'm trying to go after today um, are very difficult. Uh, I'm I'm going through a lot of things that I have to conf- confront and accept the damage and the trauma that I've been through and the pain that it has left with me. Um, I do look back at, at the time going through jail and going through prison and drug addiction. Um, I didn't look back at the things of adoption and foster care and the death of my parents or any of those things as possible strength steps. I just looked at it as, um, more stones on top of my head on, on my back that were weighing me down and um today i do look back at some of the things you know prison and gang life and foster care and everything that that i've come through and overcome and it helps me at times you know i i fight depression i fight a lot of different things that I'm still working through from the trauma of my childhood and, and gang life and prison life. So it's not easy and it's not something that just boosts me. It's not a rocket ship, you know, that it's just taking me to the next level. I still struggle every single day, but I do look back at things that I have made it through and it tells me that I can make it through more. So. Since we go by the title at a crossroads, I've realized one thing in life that it's nothing but the decisions that we make at these crucial junctions of life that matter. Like, if you don't take the right decisions at the right time, there's there's a lot of difficulties you're going to face in the coming days because of what you've done in the past. So during your time as a gang member, did it ever occur to you that this is not something you can do for your whole life? Was there ever a feeling to just escape this kind of dangerous lifestyle? Um, once I got into it, I was all about it. I was so young when I started to go to jail and I started tagging and started gangbanging that it engulfed me. And it was who I identified myself as. And I did not have the thought of changing. Um, at 14, 15 years old, I had the decision that this is me for the rest of my life. And explaining to my mother that adopted me and stuck by me, regardless of all my mistakes, I told her in juvenile hall that this is me and I'm going to die here. You know, I came from drug addicts and I'm a drug addict and I'm a criminal and I'm going to die inside one of these boxes or I'm going to die horribly on the street. And the sooner that you accept that, the sooner that I can accept that deeply and the less that will hurt 
every time that I come in here, the less that will, will hurt. And time I was in prison, I was uh, in the hall that I was in trouble and that I was going to be in there for a few months. I won't be able to call or talk her on the phone. So I needed, I needed her. I needed some money. I needed some deodorant and toothpaste and, you know, some, some things while I was in the hole. And um, it hit me like a brick in the face that I was taking from this lady again, right? All I've ever done is take from this lady. She'd give to me and provide for me. And then I would get out of jail and I'd rob her. I'd rob the family and I'd break her heart over and over and over again. And I believe that that was my crossroads. When that brick hit me in that cell, and I realized that I had never given anything back to this lady and just took it from her, taking take this, taking that. And so at the time, I, I didn't realize that I was at a crossroads. All I was trying to realize is, all I was accepting is that I need to give back to this woman and tell her thank you. And so when I get out of jail this time, I don't have to go right back to drugs the moment I get out of jail or go back to my gang the day I get out of jail. I can hang out with her for a few days, you know, a week or something to spend time and just explain to her in a different way that I appreciate her. And when that happened, I decided to take that path on that, uh, on that crossroad. And I had been deciding to take the other path over and over and over and over again. Maybe the crossroads was presented to me other times in my life. I always kept deciding to do the wrong path. But at this time, I went down this other path and I didn't know that that path was to change my life. It was in my mind to walk down that path to tell my mother, thank you. And that path turned out to be the path that I'm on today. Changed everything. Why do you think she stood, your mother, she stood by you? Like, what, what reason do you think that she had so much belief in you? I believe that she believed in me because she was amazing. She was just a, a beautiful soul on this earth. And before me, she adopted my uncle Jimmy, who ended up um, overdosing and passing away. Right before me, uh, she adopted him. She, did, she didn't adopt him. She took him in and when, while his dad was in prison. And when his dad got out of prison, he went to go live with him. And my mom and dad begged him to stay with them, but he wanted to live with his dad. So he went to go live with his dad and he ended up getting on drugs with his dad and he overdosed and died and it devastated my mom. And a few years after that happened, my mother, my biological mother passed away and I ended up in a foster home and she heard about that and her being my great aunt in my family, she heard about that. So she adopted me, became my mother and took on a hardship that the last one almost destroyed her. And in my entire life, she stuck by me and helped me. As I messed up and made up, messed up and she stuck by me, I watched her help other people her whole life. And that's just who she was. It was her DNA makeup to be amazing and to spread hope. That's what she was. She spreaded hope to anybody that would interact with her. Couldn't interact with my mother and not feel hopeful. And today being here, being able to narrate your story is a way to help others and, you know, a way for you to thank your mom, is it? Yes, I, um, I'm trying to help as many people as I can because she helped me and I watched her help as many people as she could. And honestly, I just want to make her proud. No, Chris, uh, there comes a point where one hits the lowest point in their lives, you know. There's nothing more left to lose for us. 
you know for some it might be bad career choices or losing a loved one and after the unfortunate event of your mother's demise um you had every reason to resort to the good old ways of dealing with stress and anxiety so you know there's this feeling of becoming worthless and you know because you'd been holding on to one thing and it's now it slips away and we simply stop seeing the reason to carry on anymore so how were you able to cope up with such a tragic loss um after after my mom passed away i um i didn't cope very well i um i fell into a depression and for months months i was just in my in my house in my bedroom i wanted to come outside and um i was very suicidal i was very suicidal and i was raised catholic by my mother and my family and we believe in the catholic religion that if you commit suicide you don't you don't go to heaven you go to purgatory and i believe that my mother is in heaven and it was really the only thing that kept me from actually taking my life is that i didn't want to go to purgatory i i want to see my mom again that's the only thing that i wanted i wanted to die because i wanted to see her again and the only thing that kept me from doing it is that if i did it in that way i wouldn't see her again so i didn't cope well but I didn't I didn't go back to drugs and I didn't go back to my gang because I knew that that's not what she wanted. I would I I was done hurting her. When I got out of prison and I just had the idea that you know if I if I don't go to jail right away and I stay out of jail for like a month or two she'll understand that I care and that I told her thank you. You know like I'm a mess up and I I'm sorry that I can't turn my life around but I thank you and I really care that you care about me. And so when that snowball just kept getting bigger and bigger i never wanted to hurt her again i didn't want to break her smile the light inside her eyes that so the proud that you know how proud she was and happy that i was not on drugs and i wasn't in prison anymore i didn't want to i didn't want to break that anymore i didn't want to hurt that so when she got sick and she passed away i really didn't care i didn't have in my mind like oh i i don't want to do drugs anymore i don't like i wanted to die Honestly, I didn't care about anything. Just didn't want to destroy what I've given her. Gift that she built. I was only giving her a gift that she built and me to destroy that again. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You know, we are actually scrolling through your Instagram and we found this very adorable pic of you with your son and you know, having a childhood filled with you know court appearances foster homes medications and being put on by your peers so now that you're a parent yourself how all of this has shaped and influenced your parenting oh still learning right my son is going to be 4 years old and I'm very new to the process a learning process right something that I deal with today as a man is trauma from my childhood and my mother and father made mistakes not by any fault of their own they had the best intentions and the most love care for me anybody could ever have i think that they were influenced by a lot of people i have adhd and i was put on ritalin at a very young age um I was shipped off to a boarding school and i started acting up as a young kid was taken out of my bed middle of the night 
by two strangers, know who they were. Just came and took me out of my bed and all this has caused trauma I'm still coping with today. So don't fault my parents. I was a wild child. I caused them a lot of issues and they were only trying to find the best path, best path for me. I think that they were influenced by a lot of people. They were told what was right for me, what was the best path for me. And I know that they were struggling. So I, I, like I said, I don't fault them for it. So Chris, uh, on a lighter note, uh, can we talk about your tattoos? Yes, definitely. You, you, you literally have like a, an artwork. It's a piece of art, the way you have like expressed yourself with the inks on your body. So can you tell us like what what is the psychology behind what are the ideas behind your tattoos how it has it has expressed you as a person and it has showed you like I've read that many people have like really different ideologies when it comes to tattoos some take it as a source of inspiration some use it like to mark important events in their life what are the stories behind your tattoos? Well, a lot of my tattoos are gang related. I have a um, city that I grew up in that I represented in, in gang and everything. I have it tattooed all over me. I have it on my head, my chest, my arms, my back. There, the other, a few other other ones that have a little bit more um, idea into it is that on my on my left arm, I have a hundred dollar bill uh, on fire. And from the fire comes demons and smoke and everything. The idea of money is the root of all evil. I, uh, the idea of that one was that I kept robbing and stealing and everything while to feed my drug habit and to my bills and everything. And I kept ending up in prison and losing years and years and years of my life because I was taking that money. So I have that tattooed on my left arm. I have um, a good percentage of my body uh, across the chest, uh, my back, arms, full of uh, demons. So different skulls and demons, uh, half dead zombie type things. Um, I, the idea behind this was growing up in jail uh, at a young age, this idea that I was like, wow, these people are uh, better than me, right? that when I was that young, that all the older, all the older kids and everything was like, man, they're really bad, right? They're, you know, and this is what I, I live in. And, and it was what was consuming. And the more time I spent in there, the more tattoos that I got, my idea before changing was the, the more evil that I was becoming. It was the evil that I lived amongst and it's consuming my body, skin, because it's consuming my heart, consuming my identity, my character. That's why I have so much evil tattooed across my entire body. I have a tattoo on the left side of my head. Uh, it has some profanity in it, so I want to curse on it, your podcast. Oh, okay, Chris, we had like one last question. It, it it's almost like a sign of note so often we are led to believe that we have done enough wrong and we don't 
deserve good anymore we believe in a notion that opportunities knock at our door and we have to accept them with open arms your story is about creating an option you might have made the wrong decisions made mistakes but your story tells us that it's never too late everything falls into place if you are ready to give your everything to make it right chris i know it sounds cliche but this is something we ask our guests like it's it's a tradition that we follow what is that one piece of advice that you would like our viewers that you would like to share with our viewers like on a con- as a concluding note what one advice you would like to give them my biggest advice to people is just like we were talking about just a little while ago hope keeping hope alive you know believe in yourself is a big piece of it too just but you know sometimes it's hard to believe in ourselves you know our, the head, the chatter in our head fights back against that and it's a it's a constant struggle it's a it's a constant struggle for me today you know i um going through the things that i've been through and going through the things that i'm going through today i'm grateful i'm i'm extremely grateful to be in the position that i am today but it's a it's a constant battle a fight in my head do i deserve this why do i deserve this you know everything that i was before and the idea that i'm just trying to pass along is keeping hope and alive and in, inside of you because if you have hope inside of you you don't know what you can do for the person standing next to you or someone that's just listening to you my mother kept hope alive inside of her and that's the reason why i'm here today talking with you the reason why i have a book everything that's happening in my life today is cuz my mom fought every day to keep hope alive inside of her that's actually very reassuring you know given the world we live in it's it's kind of very you know as you said it's all all there is is hope that we can feed on to it's all hope is all we can cling to so yeah thank you Thank you for having me.